Hi FM presents South African politics and news with the South African Institute of Race Relations. The IRR show, independent, relevant and real, is hosted by Big Daddy Liberty and Sarah Gon every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10, promoting life, liberty and property rights. And I'd like to welcome veteran journalist and broadcaster Paddy Clay. Paddy, hi. Hi, Sarah. Um, thanks for coming. Thanks for being on with me. And what I'm really looking at, I've, I've, I've sort of found, created a heading saying, referring to Black Lives Matter's false icons. And I am not absolutely prejudging it, but I want to look at the George Floyd death and the shooting of Breonna Taylor because the evidence suggests that the narrative that the that Black Lives Matter built their campaign around, particularly with George, George Floyd, is actually completely false. Um, and perhaps let me just set the scene of, of, of why it really, really struck me. Now, bear in mind that I have Never, I've never, I've never actually seen the uh, the cell phone footage of George Floyd's death. I've heard recordings of it, but but that's it. Um, and let me set the scene because I, I saw a video of all the all the video footage taken, cell phone, CCTV, and particularly the body cams that uh, the policemen are obliged to wear. And you see the whole process of his of of his. Uh, dealings with the police from the moment that the store owner complained of the of his paying with a false uh, dollar bill to the police going up to his car. Now, from the moment they interacted with him, he was sort of disoriented, jumpy. He wouldn't. He wasn't aggressive or violent, but he wouldn't obey a simple instruction to put his hands on the steering wheel. Now, it was quite apparent from the body cam that his right hand was down by his side and the policeman could not see what he was doing. So they had to keep insisting that he does this. Um, and then it followed all the way through getting him out of the car and he was, he was, he, he didn't look like he was, his balance was a bit shaky, his walking was a bit shaky and he's a big man. Um, and the policemen, who are biggish men themselves, are not anywhere near as tall as, as George Floyd. What George Floyd was, um, he asked. He sort of asked to be put on the ground. I think they leaned him against the wall, and then after things had calmed down again, they they got him up again to put him in the police car. Now, what was fascinating was the recording. As the moment they tried to get into the police car, he complained that he was feeling claustrophobic, and then he said, "I can't breathe." Um, and it was a whole mission to, they promised to pull down the windows and put on the air conditioning, et cetera, et cetera. And he sat down in the car and then he sort of wiggled out and the police tried to get hold of him. And there's no doubt he'd bumped his head on the, on one of the seats of the car, but it, it, it certainly nothing looked like it was police uh, action at all. Then they got him out and he asked to lie down and he complaining periodically that he can't breathe. Now the only thing you see of his of his becoming unconscious are the are the cell phone shots of him lying on the ground with the officer's knee on his neck, which they argue is absolutely police protocol, and that if he if he raised himself a little, so did the policeman's knee. He did fall unconscious. He and they did had called an ambulance first for the for the injury of the head, and then because he was struggling and was, had fallen unconscious, and. He was apparently uh, declared dead at about 
half past nine, quarter to ten that evening. So we have two things. That's the first thing, is that the, the video evidence suggests something completely different than just the cell phone evidence from bystanders, even though that if the, the cell phone pictures were clear. And the other thing, and uh, perhaps, uh, Paddy, you can pick up on this and, and, and my, my description of the scene, is his... Um, oh, sorry, I suddenly lost my, 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 the word I wanted to use. The autopsy report displayed extraordinarily high amounts of at least four drugs that, that are taken uh, commonly by the drug take, can I call them the drug case taking community. And that, more than anything, I would venture to suggest, indicates that George Floyd was essentially, his body was winding down before, before the police uh, took hold of him. Paddy, what's your impression of, of the scenario and the uh, autopsy report? It, it's a whole fascinating story, especially the tran- – I read through the transcript. I've looked at the videos, all those various videos, and I've read through the transcript, which in one version I got was about 82 pages of the body cam footage and the dialogue there. And the man appears in that conversation to be confused, to Ooh. be – Repeating himself all the time. The, um, the officers appear to be trying to sort of make him feel a bit easier. They're trying to allay his fears of claustrophobia. He, he persists in saying, I can't breathe. But at one point, an officer says to him, you're talking an awful lot for somebody who's breathing, who's got breathing difficulties. Um, it's very interesting. He's said to have been intoxicated with fentanyl. Mm-hmm. And fentanyl is a drug that's stronger than morphine. Mm-hmm. Fentanyl. By, by a considerable amount, I believe, sort of 80. Yes, 80 50 to 100 80. times more, more powerful. It's also causes, has side effects of confusion. And what nobody seems to have said is it also causes respiratory depression. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. All these factors go to create a vastly different picture from the initial stories that ran based on the video that was made available on social media by bystanders. Mm. And I wonder, you know, it's very often these days the story that gets out first is the story that persists. Mm. And even as other information comes into Build a more complex picture of what's going on. It is that first narrative that yeah. remains the truth used very often by those who have an agenda to manipulate the truth for their own ends. And that can be either the right or the left. But yeah. who gets to that first narrative establishes it in the ordinary person's mind. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what happened here because it is, it's not clear if you read through that transcript, if you read through some of the evidence that the defense of the um, four officers is going mm. to put forward in their case, which I think begins in March next year, um, that in fact uh, George Floyd had been arrested previously or been mm. found by police previously and had done similar stuff. In other words, he had sort of 
been pathetic. He had mm. pleaded. He had um, persistently said he was having difficulties and had apparently been high. Um, mm. There was also talk that he was hooping on fentanyl, which seems to be an appalling process of sticking stuff up your bottom in order to get mm. high. Mm. Um, so, you know, all stories are more complex very often than, than are put across in the media. The media mm. these days does tend to go Literally black and white or black versus white. Um, and there's no gray. There's no nuance. There's no acknowledgement that everything has another side, if not another two sides. And when you look at the, the case as a whole, it becomes much more difficult to say who was wrong, who was right, who is to blame for George Floyd's death. Mm. Mm. What 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 really is a problem in this case is that, as you say, the first narrative is the one that carried, and however it was however it was put together, Black Lives Matter took it and ran it in a in a heightened atmosphere politically and with COVID in the back in, in the in the background, and it became this literally this cause celebre where George. Floyd became an icon. I mean, you, used, you saw elaborate um, street art f- featuring him as a sort of kind of angel that had been violated by the system. And it, it, it was so att- sort of attractive and, and energizing that it, it resulted in riots in America and then got over the pond to the UK. And what the reason I've raised it is because it got here where it raised, and, and this is the, what really uh, worries me about the whole thing, is it created that sense of it played on accusations of racism, fears of white guilt, and all of those things that, that required, and people ended up having to, shall I say, comply with the narrative, which was to take the knee, to support Black Lives Matter. And even once Black Lives Matter's um, narrative started to become clearer, in other words, the, the leaders are mostly Marxists. They want to overthrow capitalism. They want to get rid of the nuclear family, believe it or not. Um, people are saying, well, you know, we support we don't support the BLM, the movement, but we do support BLM, the idea. But by that time, everything had become, it, it was unavoidably, it, it, uh, what I worry about is that no, ma- no amount of evidence is going to appease those who bought into the first narrative. No amount of evidence, no amount of knee bending is actually mm. going to make anybody accept their opponent's point of view. Um, so, you know, I, I, in a way, and it seems terrible to do that as a, as a journalist and someone who spent their entire life, um, doing journalism in some form or another, um, to say, I think the media is, the media is often to blame and not mm. in a way deliberately. The way the media has become a 24 hour news cycle. So maybe we yeah. can point to Ted Turner. Um, mm. that just chews through news, the digital demand, the speed with which people have to get out the news in order to retain an audience, in order to make money, um, right. all militates against hearing a full story, waiting mm. to find out some more. We just jump at the very first thing we hear, and our politicians are particularly prone to do this. Mm, Before mm. anyone has even checked out a story, they are issuing statements condemning this, saying that 
uh, about something that has not yet even been confirmed by mm. another source. I think, I think, you, I think just to pick up on that, I think you, you, you raise a, a very important point is, is the fact that certainly my generation expects good journalism to make sure that they verified the information they're providing to the public. And we, we now live in, a, in an age where they, they say the first thing, they say the first thing that comes into their heads or they take information off Twitter. And I mean, Twitter is, it's unimaginable as a source of, of, uh, a source for journalists. Uh, but it has become one, unfortunately. It should be a pointer. It should be the start of an investigation. And luckily we still have investigative journalists around who do. They hear something from somebody. They maybe see a random tweet from an unknown mm. area and they check it out and they start digging. Mm. Um, but too often... That doesn't happen. And there are millions of reasons for that. You know, there's juniorization, there's no resources, newsrooms can't even afford to get people out into the field mm-hmm. to see for themselves. Um, if they go out, they tend to listen instead of look. Um, mm. And there, there, there's a lot that we're doing wrong in that way. And it's maybe the result of circumstances, but it is fueling this partisanship. This complete sort of extremism on either side, these two narratives that always sort of compete with one another. I think the thing in the, in the, uh, George Floyd, was it George Floyd or, or Breonna Ta- uh, Taylor's, mm. um, case? He says something, um, Daniel Cameron, mm. I must say, a very good looking attorney mm. general, um, he said something about, you can't just believe, you know, to be true, the narrative you want to be true. Um, yeah. And and that is is the problem. And here he was coming with the results of, of an investigation, um, the results of a jury decision, I think. And, and mm. nobody is really reporting the full story or yeah. the version that has been designated official. They are still going with whatever they originally thought and holding those positions despite everything else. Yeah. No, uh, th- that segues on to Bri- Brianna Taylor because she has been used as a sort of icon of um, young black woman shot by the police, um, bad police, good victim, and it, it's, it's got so hard out of hand. And, and then the uh, Daniel Cameron, who is the Attorney General, for, for, for Kentucky has a uh, uh, media conference and he, as you say, he's a handsome young, young man, very measured, uh, dressed very neatly in a suit because he knows he's got to lay out what the grand jury has found. And, and, and some can I yeah. just add, important yeah. in this case because the, the, the extremists will demand to know he is a black man. Yeah. Um, basically, he, he basically says in, in, quite, in a lot of detail that except for one fairly minor charge, the police are not guilty of murder, uh, that the processes they followed, which I won't go into just because of time, were absolutely lawful. They were shot at first. They returned fire. And she, what's that terrible phrase? She was collateral damage effectively in this process. She also, they also, the reason they had a, a warrant for her apartment was because they they had been working on a, on intel that suggested that she was 
closer to the drug scene through her previous boyfriend than had first suggested. So this man has to stand up and, uh, and, and say the, and, and, and elaborate on that. And this is what the, the comments from high, high, high profile black figures, uh, come to. Uh, one who, Sophie A. Nelson, who often appears as a pundit on CNN, tweeted, Uncle Tom, step and fetch Negro, the end. Um, another woman uh, it, uh, it, uh, the, uh, said, Daniel Cameron is no different than the sellout Negroes that sold our people into slavery and helped white men to capture our people, to abuse them and to traffic them while our women were raped, while our men were raped by savages. Now, the, I mean, they trotted out uh, the, the, they, a whole range they, of people. Yes, they also called, what, what was the phrase, his skin folk, not kin folk. Yeah, yeah. Um, one of the commenters. Yes. The, the level of, you see, this, this to me has marked the, the quality of commentary that, that's, that's come, I suppose, largely from, well, it's come from the left. It's rude, it's insulting, it's derogatory, it's false, and it's, I suppose, intended to take um, our focus off the fact that the narrative that they support has just been completely undone. Yes, and, 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 um, but I doubt if we'll ever really um, take that on as the consumers of the news. We, we, it'll be glossed over. It's, mm. as I said, the original narrative that stays. One of the things I think, too, that, that is a failure in, in reporting in these days is a failure of imagination. When confronted with a story, you have to imagine the possibilities. What could be? What could the alternative story be? What is the other side likely to say? Why would they say it? I mean, one could construe Brianna as far more complicit in mm. drug dealing, as mm. the police clearly uh, sort of suspected, than the innocent and, you know, eager young EMT, what was it, uh, emergency medical technician, um, mm. buying her new car, planning to buy her her own home. Where was she getting mm. the money from? Money. Is one of the questions yeah. the police have been asking and mm. made them suspicious of the relationship, which was if you watch Cheetahs, a relationship with one man at the same time with another man, her mm. her boyfriend who actually did shoot at the police, um, and and it becomes a far less um, positive picture mm. of this person if you just try and imagine maybe the other side is right. Can mm. I see it from their point of view? Yeah. Um, Paddy, can I break us there for the next ad break? And I'd like to, for the last five minutes, just pick up on something that's come out of what you've said. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back to my discussion with Paddy Clay on what I call the false icons of the Black Lives Matter movement. We've been talking about George Floyd and Breonna Taylor. Um, and one of the things that you, you uh, Paddy, you were just talking about the 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 evidence that points to a completely different scenario about about Brianna, who she was, and her, her possible involvement uh, in uh, in drug criminality. Now, what they sort of what they seem to do is 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 rely on slogans, and every time they use her photograph, and she's got quite a 
pretty innocent sort of face, they they say, say her name. But given the fact that they possibly are so wrong and it's it will come out in the public, um, is this likely to diminish the impact of, of these crusaders because they've essentially spoken first because it suited their agenda and worried about facts later? Or is it such a powerful force that we'll have to keep batting back against it? Um, I think, unfortunately, we'll have to keep batting back against it. Um, the, the thing is, the Brianna Taylor story was taken up somewhat late after mm-hmm. the event, um, but it does have context in that there's always a kind of a timeline of other incidents in an area. Mm-hmm. There's always something else that was an issue that has made this one bubble to the surface um, and and have a, such a strong profile in the Black Lives Matter movement. They are not, um, let us say, they are not unskilled in mm-hmm. this spotting of of a moment and an incident or a person who could be used the story that could be spun to to create the image they want and need for their for their cause mm. um, and that i'm not saying that's only done on one side on the left but they are particularly good at it um, mm. and they have most of the media on mm. their side um, yeah. And and so the, the the fight is somewhat imbalanced at the moment, uh, and there needs to be more balance. It's, it's encouraging that there's a new UK uh, news channel coming out, which says it will be in the centre of mm. this sort of divide between right and uh, right and left, um, mm. and it will be interesting to see how they handle it. But I mean, in in Brianna Taylor's case. Um, she may very well have been a lovely young woman, and it is a tragedy that she was collateral damage. And it mm. seems to have been a disastrous event all round for the mm. police, for her, her new boyfriend, or should we say the other boyfriend. Um, and it's just there is no right or wrong here. And that's what mm. people don't don't acknowledge there is not always somebody who is the innocent and somebody who is the the violent person. There is confusion because we are all humans. Mm. Um, And we do things for maybe the wrong reasons or the right reasons at the wrong time. I don't know. But Mm. there has to be some acknowledgement of human error, human flaws on all sides. Mm. And to create this, to deify people, and use them as these pure images. It's a way Obama has also been deified. Everyone's mm. forgotten all the stupid things that Obama did. Mm. Um, and I'm quite interested. The reason I, I mentioned that Daniel Cameron as the attorney general is a good looking, uh, young man. Maybe he runs for president one day. Mm. I wonder if everyone will forget them that he was the attorney general in the Brianna Taylor Kentucky case mm. and suddenly mm. greet him as this, you know, he will be kinfolk and he mm. won't be just denigrated as skinfolk. So the, the narrative could change if it suits uh, that particular side's uh, purposes. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, that's, that probably depends on the success of, 
the future success of the Republicans because he he is a Republican, and that probably explains the uh, ferocity the of the response yes. to him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, um, perhaps just a last point to comment, uh, if you comment on, is the one thing that everyone sort of decried the murder of George Floyd um, and the the extent to which uh, black people are killed by unarmed black people are killed by the police. And the one thing that, that started to emerge fairly early on was there was research to show that more whites are ki- unarmed whites are killed by, by police than blacks are. So, or, so the, the narrative has actually started turning fairly early on, but it, it had to bash against that, what I would call propaganda. Yes, I mean, uh, that, that particular statistic um, floats up every now and then, but nobody seems to grab hold of it and actually say, yes, here we have some stats to back up something. Um, mm. Here we have to acknowledge that black people are still a minority of some sorts in in America. Um, mm. And, you know, uh, those things get too quickly brushed aside, um, mm. and they should always be mentioned in proper factual reporting. Yeah. Um, you know, despite what so and so says, or they say this, but in fact, according to statistics, this is what's available. And mm. we fail to do that in a lot of our stories. Even mm. if you look at a New York Times article, mm. Mm. it comes in with the sexy stuff at the top, and it's usually a long feature. And it mm. will take you several minutes, if not several pages and columns, before you get to any attribution for the statements they've made mm. up front. Um, mm. They do do fact-checking in America. They do it before they even publish, unlike mm. here where people tend to publish and then they fact-check. Um, but, but they do fact-check. But sometimes one wonders if they're fact-checking mm. from a perspective rather than fact-checking in a much colder, objective way. But I, I mm. think... Uh, doesn't cynical theory, postmodernism, not not accept? <laughs> you have your own truth. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, in fact, the, the impression I get, and uh, there's a sort of tragedy in the situation of of the uh, um, of Black America, is that notwithstanding a, a huge amount of uh, growth and success, what you've what you've What's not happening, and, and, and it's recognized by many academics and commentators that if there are problems in that particular minority, so much more has to be looked at in, in that, in that minority. In other words, it has, there's got to be some self-introspection in order to, to get out. It's not all about the external factors. Yes, and, and, and there are, you know, there are black intellectuals who look at those factors, um, who critically assess them and say, why is it that, um, the black population of, of America is represented popularly in popular culture as basketball players, um, drug dealers, uh, general sort of celebrities, um, harking back to Africa, um, mm. 
and not the the lawyers and the politicians and the the scientists that they yeah. i mean there is some attempt now to 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 redress that but why why is it that it always defaults to those images and why is it that so many people always default to those type of people um well, what is in their society or their circumstances that is causing it well well i think there is a, there's a great conversation to be had on that because it, to some extent we suffer from that as well but what i would like to do is thank you very much for coming on to discuss this uh, subject it's there's so much more to talk about and it's very nice to talk to you again paddy thank you it's been a pleasure talking to you and i'm sure there'll be more incidents and more icons to discuss <laughs> coming up. yes sadly well, um, i mean we've got our own icon developing in terms exactly. of Young Brendan Horner, and that will be quite interesting to look at as how we'll he becomes how that, a poster boy for absolutely. other stuff. With that, we'll take an ad break, and I'll just fill you in on, on, on that issue if you don't know about it after the ad break. Hi FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. Welcome back, and we'll just look at the sort of issues we will be uh, likely to see more of this this week. Tomorrow, I think, is going to be a big march by Kasatu against corruption, the, the failure to obey a wage agreement with the government, the failure to pay um, salaries or, or to pay to look at a further increase this year, given the fact that the, um, the government doesn't have any money. It shouldn't have a great impact on the private sector because most of Kasatu's membership lies now in the public sector. So it's quite interesting to see them now hit by the same issues that the private sector has been dealing with for a long time. Um, the the young man that, um, that Paddy mentioned is 21 years old and he was murdered in a farm attack. Uh, he was uh, stabbed, uh, brutally uh, beaten and tied around the neck to a pole in a sort of open space. And that is bound to take the whole issue of farm murders and the iconography around farm murders to another level because but it's also not the only farm murder that has happened in the last last week or so so uh, Brendan Horner who had worked at the farm for a year only 21 years old um, this issue is likely to become more and more heated and uh, not resolved anytime soon so watch this space and thank you for joining me for the morning and I'll we'll see you next Tuesday.